When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So let's get it started here. Obviously, the Giants fall 23-16. Uh, they do get that lead on the Saquon touchdown in the third quarter, despite the fact that Daniel Jones was just under duress all night. And if you saw the Adam Schefter tweet, uh, basically the most the quarterback's been pressured at any point all season through three weeks, second most the last two weeks. We were just talking about this pre-show just for starters. I mean, the Giants got their ass kicked in the trenches. Uh, and you want to talk about the Cowboys offensive line on that side. The team missed Leonard Williams greatly. But, uh, you know, it is it is becoming incredibly frustrating incredibly frustrating as a giant fan that despite maneuvers on the offensive line, and I'm going to give Evan Neal a little bit of a pass because he's going to grow up and, and Andrew Thomas took his lumps, but this interior of the offensive line continues to be just an absolute zero. Even Mark Lewinsky and Pedro Feliciano. I mean, you, I don't care if it's Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen last night, you cannot function as an offense when you have zero time and zero ability. It's just a disgrace what they did in the trenches last night. Well, I kind of disagree a little bit about what you're talking about. Um, there was definitely too much pressure. I don't think the primary focus for me was on the interior of the offensive line because I thought that they moved uh, Jones around a little bit with his ability to slide the pocket. I thought he scrambled well. I thought he bought time well. When I went back and I studied the five sacks on the game film last night, because, by the way, I did not sleep, um, I noticed that there were two sacks that were given up by tight ends who had brain lock and simply did not execute a block and allowed a free pass rusher off the edge. So those were two of your five sacks. Another sack was on a coverage sack where the offensive line actually blocked correctly. Jones had to step up into the pocket, and then Lawrence looped around and tackled Jones for a loss of a yard, which went down as a sack. But in reality, that was not your true conventional type of sack. So what were there? There were two actual sacks off the edge where Lawrence flat out beat Evan Neal on a speed move. Now, why were those troublesome for me? Well, offensive line coach Bobby Johnson is very emphatic that he wants his offensive linemen to foam at the mouth, act like junkyard dogs, and punch and be forceful, feisty aggressive. And on both of those sacks, Evan Neal was passive. He made the rookie mistake of not only understanding Lawrence's speed, but he received Lawrence's pass rush instead of attacking off the snap 
and punching. And that's the only way that you're going to deal with a rusher like Lawrence. You punch him at the attack, hit him in the sternum, hit him in the chest, stop his momentum off the snap, and that will do an awful lot into thwarting that pass rush. So I don't know. We want to make those physical mistakes because he's a rookie, or do you want to make them mental mistakes because he's a rookie? So I'm basically telling you, while there was pressure and the Giants knew there would be pressure, Jones did a great job in navigating it. And for all the reasons that I just cited those five sacks, all five were preventable. And they just let Dallas have them. Now, there's no doubt about that, Paul. However, I'm going to push back on a couple of things. Number one, Evan Neal deserves to get crushed because he wasn't good last night. But, I mean, again, he's a first-round pick, a tackle. I'm less upset about Evan Neal getting cooked by Demarcus Lawrence because I expect Evan Neal to grow and learn from it. And I just got burned by getting angry at Andrew Thomas in his rookie year. But if you study the five sacks, and that's all good and well, how many sacks could there have been if not for Daniel Jones escaping last night? I mean, I could tell you right off the top of my head without even rewatching the game film. I mean, there were mo- at least two plays last night where each Feliciano and Glowinski literally got ran over like trucks by Micah Parsons. I, I and mean, even if Micah Parsons wasn't the one getting home, him causing those pressures, the pressures still, you know, count outside of the five sacks. And the Cowboys were great at lining up Micah Parsons all over the field. And look, I understand that they didn't sign him to be an elite guard, and I understand that he's moved bodies in the run game and had really good run blocks. I'm sorry, Paul. I think in the past game, Mark Lewinsky's been an absolute net negative now for this team. And last night, I really thought it reared its ugly head on a couple of those pressures that, again, good for Daniel Jones. And I want to end this podcast when we get to it talking about Daniel Jones because I, I could make the case it's one of the better games he's had as a pro. But Daniel Jones saved the ass of the Giants' offensive line as far as more sacks given up than just those five last night. Well, again, I would agree with you that there was an awful lot of pressure by the Dallas front. There's no way to ignore that. But again, um, the sacks were the biggest plays because those are the ones that actually cost you the lost yardage. Jones was so good that he actually made this offense functional despite the pressure. Um, The sacks I've just explained to you, I'm, I'm looking at those things and I'm just saying to myself, I just don't understand what was going on on those physical plays by those players. Uh, That's what frustrates me more than anything. Uh, I would also say that in looking at at the Giants' game plan, um, this is another game where you saw the offense move the ball with over 100 rushing yards in the second half, albeit Barkley getting one big run. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit puzzled. Quite frankly, if if the Giants maybe are doing too much feeling out with their plays in the first half of games, and, and and only because this is a trend now after three weeks, where we see the offense much more effective in the second half than we do the first half, and it's primarily because of the run game. And they always tell you, understand that every play is not meant to be a big play. There are some plays that are meant as setup plays. Coaches will call things on purpose just to try to get defenses to look at something so they can see how they react and will run different plays off of it later. I'm starting to wonder if maybe the Giants are using too many setup plays in three consecutive first halves in which they really have not been able to score a lot of points. 
So, Sean, just to be clear, yeah, the interior of the line had their problems, but it was just the overall pass protection for the night that really broke down in so many other areas.